everybody. Welcome back to Coco and Dalts. We're real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest streaming TV shows and movies on Netflix, Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime. I'm not Dalts. And I'm not Coco. And this week, we're reviewing The Social Dilemma, a brand new documentary on Netflix talking about Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Google, Pinterest, all that fun stuff that everybody uses every day and how it's, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Adults, why don't you spoil it for them instead? I'll spoil it for them. So it essentially, as Coco said, is a documentary on social media and how it's ruining our lives. Is that a bit of an overstatement? And how it's controlling our minds and how it's destroying the lives of our children and their children. What? Heretofore. Uh, That's crazy talk. That is actually what the documentary is. And so they talk (laughs) to a lot of people involved like former CEOs and presidents and head cheeses at like Twitter, Facebook, (laughs) Uh, How do I get a business card that says head cheese, cocoa, and dolls? <laughs> you gets to work at a deli. <laughs> nice. Um, and so all these big cheeses and head cheeses too from all these major companies that are making money uh, off of our, you know, sharing photos and watching cat videos and stuff like that (laughs) um, across this great uh, vast planet of ours. And it was a fascinating look. It was uh, an hour and a half or so. Um, Not too puffy. Uh, There were some fictionalized transitional things in there. So they were were designed to uh, personify more of what's going on with your kids and stuff like that as there's as they're, as they're addicted to their phones and social media. Uh, but for the most part, it was mainly experts talking and all former uh, executives of all these companies. They didn't have like Mark Zuckerberg on there standing up and going, no, Facebook is fine. We're fine. We're really good. <laughs> like it was nothing like that. Uh, it was all former executives. And also people that were these former executives who had gone on to form uh, committees and companies of their own that were de- designed to help combat our addiction to social media and it was i thought it was pretty well done it was it was a good little documentary um the fictionalized or dramatization bits were a little bit forced i thought (laughs) where they have like this family and they're supposed to give up their phones and stuff like that and and the kids in the family are supposed to be like high schoolers but they clearly look like they're in their 30s like (laughs) like the one the one kid who's supposed to be like 14 or 15 or something like that in high school he looked like he was 25 or 30 like he looked like he could you know he had a job at a at the at target or something like that like he looked like he was a grown-up guy but other than that like it was uh i I thought it was pretty good Uh, coco did you want to weigh in here on this social dilemma did i say social dilemma at the top or did i say social network or social media i can't remember that was so long ago i know i can't remember either i was distracted by your beauty so i wasn't really paying attention That's all I got to say about that. So, yeah, I uh, I was with you. I thought the uh, dramatizations were just unnecessary. Right. Like, we don't... Everybody knows that when you sit down to dinner with the family, unless you have a no phones policy, everybody's probably going to pick up their phones at some point during dinner. Like, right. I don't need to see five people sitting at a table looking at their phones. So you take a break from looking at your phones and you're watching something and then people are looking at their phones. Right, totally. And... uh 
the so it was like a family it was you know two parents and three kids and none of the kids got in trouble for being on their phones right even though this is a documentary about how bad social media is like when the middle school girl actually takes like a freaking sledgehammer to the (laughs) safe that their phones are in and like shatters her brother's phone screen because she can't go 90 seconds at the dinner table without tiktok she didn't get in trouble for that no accountability yeah and like the the kid with the shattered phone screen like he was supposed to give his phone up for a week and he didn't and there was nothing there like the parents were just basically like phones are bad and then they disappeared and then they never showed up for the rest of the show right so the dramatizations i could have done without so the way it started was they had all these people sitting down from these former executives like i said sitting down all these big cheeses and they were they were getting into this issue of social dilemma and what the problems are and everything like that and then there's a bit of a break and there's a like the you know the the title graphic and everything like that and then it goes to the dramatization of this family and i was thinking wait a minute is this like a was that just a faux kind of setup and is this actually like a movie <laughs> right is and i was like- confused because i knew there was some fictionalization dramatization in it so i was thinking oh i hope this is not like a cheesy three quarters of the show is like billy and and johnny and and you know all the kids in the house trying to get over this thing and oh boy it's terrible or but- maybe it's like the real world or big brother or something right. where it's like a family that's got cameras on them. They're 20%. deprived. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's like one day at a time. Right. But otherwise, aside from that, I thought it was interesting. I mm-hmm. actually, we constantly complain that, well, that was 10 episodes, but it really could have been eight or even six. Mm-hmm. I don't think they needed to go into that much detail, but this I think could have actually been a series yep. instead of an hour and a half long. Like I definitely would have watched four or six episodes about this is how, you know, Facebook first learned how to monetize right. know, because that was something they had the guy who was actually the head of monetization at Facebook. Mm-hmm. They actually talked to him. Yep. So it would have been interesting to see like, okay, this is the earliest form of social media. This is how they initially monetize. This is how the growth happens. You know, there could be talk about QAnon and how conspiracy theories mm-hmm. spread. So I would have actually watched like a four or six episode series about all of this instead of just like trying to cram it all into like 90 minutes. Well, they could have lost the dramatization stuff yeah. and the recreation of what it does to your brain. Like some of that stuff, it was it was easy to understand. So I understand why they did it. So you had to personify it. And you had to show the chemicals and the reactions and, and what, what it's doing to you by, oh, you sit down and you put your phone to the side and there's these nefarious characters behind the scenes saying, okay, he's been inactive for five minutes. We need to send him an alert. And then <laughs> right. there's an alert that goes out and so-and-so is in a new relationship. And of course, you're going to pick the phone up because that's somebody in your friend network and you're going to see who it is. And it was very it was very interesting the way they did that. So that to me worked. But I think they could have dropped some of the other stuff in terms of like, like I said, Johnny going to school and, and he's got his phone and, and his friends are talking to him and he's on his phone and he doesn't hear them. Like I, we could have lost some of that and gone into more depth. Like, and, and again, I think I would have liked to it from a journalistic perspective. I would have liked to have heard something from the Facebook side of it or the Twitter side of it for people that are active there. Like I know that they, they can't talk about it on camera probably, but you could have done like maybe a dark screen or disguise their voice or something like that. Somebody who's still there. Right. There was one guy who was formerly, I believe, from Facebook, and he said that he'd been going back with his lawyers back and forth for like right. eight months before he would even sit down with the documentary crew. Yeah. So, And they added a lot, too. Like all those executives had very uh, 
interesting perspectives and very valuable perspectives. And they all just recently came from those companies. Um, but they were all, from a journalistic perspective, they were all on one side of the argument. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really have any other side of the argument. Like it would be interesting. I mean, there was a couple of instances where they had uh, current Facebook execs that looked like they were at uh, tech conferences and they were speaking on stage. Mm-hmm. And they had a couple of those guys up there. But it would have been interesting to get uh, the Facebook's perspective on it and and try to let them explain. And again, I'm not defending Facebook by any stretch of the imagination, but just get their side of the story and try to get to why they do this and how they do this and and what's the you know what's the current take on this situation? Why are they you know what are they doing in terms of the 2020 election and all these sorts of things? Like, did they learn anything from 2016? <laughs> and sort of get it in that way. And maybe that was the kind of stuff that we were talking about this off air, but. Maybe that's the kind of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor. They just didn't have time to put it in there because when you're sitting all these executives down, like you're you're not interviewing them for three minutes and then okay, that's all we need. Like there's a lot of stuff that didn't make it into this documentary, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and maybe that was some of it. Well, I think we know why Mark Zuckerberg wasn't on camera because he always comes across like a clown <laughs> every time he gets dragged before Congress. Yeah. Like they had like a clip of him. I can't even remember what he was testifying about but he was just sputtering and having an issue like answering the question Mm -hmm. and then if you've if you saw him get grilled by alexandria ocasio-cortez last year i think time is a flat circle so i don't know when that actually happened that was in the last 10 years (laughs) yeah that that was at some point since she got elected in 2018 so so yeah he just he couldn't handle her questions at all and it was very like uh Congresswoman, uh, well, uh, so I think we know why Zuckerberg's not eager to answer any questions because he's not good when he's put on the spot. Well, and, and I think the bottom line of this is not any sort of massive revelation either. Like it's uh, the way that it controls our lives and the way that we are addicted to our phones is well known. Um, to, to me, the most alarming aspect of this having two young daughters who have phones um, and are do have restrictions on their phones but also are not willingly uh, agreeing to those restrictions um now i know why and there's one at one point i said to one of my daughters i said we got to get you off your addiction for your to your phone she's i'm not addicted to my phone but then when she's not around her phone and we go for a hike or something like that you can tell she's you know anxious and a little bit surly because she wants to get back to her phone and then when she's back to her phone she's in her happy place and it's very interesting the way they talk about some of that stuff in the documentary in terms of the three dots that pop up when you're texting somebody right and the you know the ellipses and it's like oh it's like an a, an endorphin rush because you're like you can't hardly wait right. to get that response i mean that's that happens to me too is like mm-hmm. when i'm texting you coco i'm thinking <laughs> well maybe this will be a nudie <laughs> <laughs> and then so I'm sitting there looking at my phone and then it's just like a picture of a dog. And I was like, okay. Right. Or it's right. like, hey, are you going to the grocery store? Right. <laughs> Everyday relationship stuff. Right, like I need oatmeal, you know? <laughs> 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 it's not a cleavage shot or anything like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's but I understand why uh, largely let people do that. So you're waiting for a response. What's that person mm-hmm. going to say? And, and so they delved a little bit into that, into the scientific reasoning and the biological reason behind that as well. So there was some good information there. And I, one of the things they all said was turn off your notifications. Yeah. And I have, 
I have done that. Like there have definitely been times when I've just had to take a social media break. Oh, good. And I go into my phone settings and I turn off the notifications. And then, I mean, whenever you actually get on your phone, you can see the Facebook app and you can see it says like 57 notifications. (laughs) But I didn't get those individual notifications saying, Dalt's liked this photo. Dalt's mom commented on that photo. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's a lot easier when your notifications are turned off. I did also think it was... It wasn't surprising that um, the Pinterest guy uh, who had been previously the head of monetization at Facebook, he said that like his kids don't have social media. Right. Like he and his wife made a very conscious choice. They would not allow their kids to have it. And when um, these people were asked, like, how do you see... Because it talked, it did talk a lot at the end about social unrest. Yes. And how, you know, these platforms were like used for good with like the Arab Spring and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of the coin, they've also been used for ill, like, you know. Persecution. Yeah. um, You know, alt-right groups going to peaceful protests. Mm -hmm. and Myanmar. Yeah, and Myanmar and the um, genocide of the Rohingya Muslims and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so these guys were asked, like, well, how do you see this going like the way this is continuing with all the social unrest and one guy didn't even hesitate he was like oh yeah in the short term i'm most worried about civil war yeah and then there was another guy who was like in 20 years civilization is going to be destroyed like we're not even going to be here this if we is continue all, down this path yeah this is all just going to be burned down and i was like wow i thought i was kind of a pessimist about the future of humanity but that guy is saying you know that that guy is definitely like yeah, yeah, he's he's thinking we're just going to burn it all down. Well, and so. you got to think that this was made probably about six months ago. Uh, it was recorded or filmed about six months ago, something like that. It was just when the pandemic was starting. Was the uh, was some of the material was dropped in. Yeah, but I don't think it was active at that time. So, like in the interviews, were not around this time. So it's kind of prescient in some ways that these guys are talking about civil war because we're closer to that now than we were six months ago. Six months ago. Yeah. Um, it is it is an interesting thing, and and. I, I don't know, like one of the things that I thought was interesting was the good intentions that started with it. Right. So the one guy from Facebook who came up with the, helped come up with the thumbs up button, the like yeah. button. And he was like, yeah, we intended this to be a, like a happy moment. And we intended this to be like a <laughs> joyful thing and celebrations. And he said, we had no idea that it was going to be like, you know, children were going to be crying because they didn't get enough likes for something right. that they posted. Or, you know, people were going to be nasty about it. And you always, I guess... It's always the lowest common denominator that brings all this kind of stuff down. But the the intentions that were good there, and then like sharing, we were sharing photos with your your grandparents and stuff like that across the country and or wherever they are, they can't be there. And that's why I got back on it because I was originally on it probably 15 years ago, and I was only on it for a couple years, and then I was just like, oh, Facebook is a cesspool, and I deleted <laughs> my account. But then, what about six or seven years ago? I live in the Northeast and all of my family and friends are in the Midwest Mm -hmm. or out in Arizona. And Mm -hmm. that's how I'm able to keep in touch with them because I was on Instagram and I was like, why don't you guys all get on Instagram? Because it's just pictures. It's not all the BS that goes along with Facebook. And they were like, or why don't you just get on Facebook? (laughs) So I had to get back on Facebook and it is, it's like a cesspool. It's like, I only got on it so that I could keep in touch with people I love who I live a thousand miles away from. And now now, I was resistant to getting on Facebook for the longest time, and a buddy of mine who I have great deal of respect for, I went to journalism school with, uh, he sent me a friend request, and I didn't have an account or anything like that. And 
he sent me some sort of notification back in the day when you could do that. It was like 2007, I want to say, maybe eight. And he sent me some sort of request. And I, I think actually I might have had an account, but I didn't ha- I hadn't populated it with anything. It was just like a, a an open account. You had like the silhouette, yeah. Like profile I, I hadn't photo populated and, yeah. it with anything, uh-huh. and you know, there's no personal information on there at all. And then he sent me a friend request, and after that, I was like, okay, I guess I'll accept his request because he's a good guy. And then that just took me down the rabbit hole. And I'm not blaming him or anything like that. I'm just saying that I tried my hardest to resist. And then now I'm on there a lot, mm-hmm. but it's to keep in touch with people, like the same as you are. Like I'm. I don't have a lot of friends and family around where we are here in the Northeast. Everybody that uh, is in my my friend zone and my care zone lives far away. So that's how I keep in touch with everybody. And it's really, at, at that level, it's really kind of an efficient way to do things because I don't have to have 15 phone conversations. Right. I can check in on my journalism at Ryerson Group and I can see what everybody's doing mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a sort of a glance, right? Whereas if I didn't have that tool, I'd be calling people or emailing people, it would take a lot more time. So to me, it's an efficiency thing. But the amount of data that they mine from all my clicks and all my friends, and we're talking about Facebook here, uh, it's just it's just scary. And it's, and it's kind of, uh, it's got to be a violation of my rights in some way, shape, or form. I thought one of the interesting things that they said on the show was that uh, on this documentary was about the, uh, if you are, if you don't see a product on something that you are, like on Facebook, if you don't see a product, then you are the product. Right. In which case, they're talking about the data that you create with every click, every click through on an ad or everything you like or your um, your page likes or your follows and things like that. They mine all that stuff and then they sell it. And it's really a fascinating uh, dive into that, but it's also a creepy, creepy thing to know. Like how many times have we been like, yeah, you know, I haven't been to Dunkin' Donuts in a while. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's an ad on your Facebook that's for Dunkin' Donuts. It's like, whoa. <laughs> and it's, stop listening to my phone, Facebook. You know, like, mm-hmm. get off me. And we're there. I mean, we talk about, um, there's, a, I think it's Vanilla Sky, the, the Tom Cruise movie. I haven't seen that one. Which is a, uh, I believe it's it's a science fiction movie anyway. I'm not, it's not sure if it's a Philip K. Dick mo- mo- novel or not, but... It's where this scene where they're walking down, the guy's walking down through a corridor. And the corridor is like a subway tunnel, like a like a pedestrian tunnel in the subway. And each side is lit up with all these screens. And the screens are reading your eyes to see ah. who you are. And then they flash up, hey, Tom Cruise, you might like this kind of uh, cigarette. And here it is. And we know that you like that. So here's another kind. And oh, by the way, those shoes look great, but you could probably use another pair of these. And it's really personalized stuff. And we're re- we're pretty much there. Like it seems like it's fantastic, but it's not. I mean, based on Facebook right now, reading what you're doing and, and every click through and every purchase you make, they can see online. Like say, let's say you sign into your Shopify account or to your Zappos account with your Facebook which you can do, right? Mm-hmm. Facebook knows all that. They know where you're, bu- what you're buying, and where you're visiting, and all that sort of stuff. So it's whenever I can, I never, I always create a separate login. I always try to not play the game because I don't want anybody. And probably Facebook is listening to our podcast and mining it now. <laughs> if so, Facebook, you could totally throw some cash our way <laughs> and make us like the uh, Facebook official Facebook podcast, and we'd be so cool with that. You can contact us at cocoandults at gmail dot com. Oh, are you doing the uh, are you doing the wrap up today? You know, I was wondering if we should actually do the wrap up because it's sort of like the social dilemma is how to stay off social media, but yet we 
then we finalize our podcast by saying, follow us on Twitter. Right. And at the end of the documentary, it was really funny because it was like, follow us on social media to get the conversation yeah, started yeah. about how to, you know, but then they were like, you know, JK, LOL, you know, <laughs> so that was really funny. So any last words, Coco, on that particular uh, documentary, The Social Dilemma? Uh, no, I enjoyed it. it. It didn't really tell me anything I didn't already know right. in, a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, just it went into detail about the ways in which it makes you addicted. But mm-hmm. I mean, I already knew it was addictive because I'm sitting here on my phone like eight <laughs> hours a day. So it just confirmed your uh, suspicions. Yeah, exactly. So but yeah, I enjoyed it overall. I wish it would have been longer. Um, actually, I am loath to recommend people listen to other podcasts. But if you do want <laughs> a deeper dive on this subject, um, I highly recommend Rabbit Hole, which is I believe an eight episode podcast uh, that the New York Times did in the spring of this year, I believe. And it did talk about QAnon. Oh, yeah. And it did go more into YouTube and how the YouTube algorithm uh, came to be and how somebody who said we shouldn't be giving people more of the same actually ended up getting fired. So Ooh. yeah, so I, I definitely recommend the Rabbit Hole podcast if you want to hear more. Like The this New York is- Times podcasts are really good. Yeah, definitely. This is good if you've got an hour and a half, mm-hmm. but if you are in your car a lot or if you commute or you go out for hikes or whatever, you know, whatever, and you just want to listen to more detail about this, I recommend Rabbit Hole. Uh, so do you want to give this a thumbs up or thumbs down in the spirit of the social media? I will give it two like buttons up. Ooh, two like buttons out of yeah. how many? Oh, um, out of two? Out of two, yeah. Oh, wow. Because you, you always do like two Bibles up or yeah, like one do. severed head up or whatever. But I wasn't so. sure if you were going to play the same game or you were just going to go your own way. Well, since, like usual. since you did mention the, the like button, okay. I figured I got to do the like button. So I'll give it two like buttons. Yeah, up. I think I would give it uh, two like buttons as well. I think it's a worthwhile. Wow. Uh, it's not, you know, the most special documentary I've ever seen, but nah. it's very serviceable and the uh, interviews are very good and they're all power players. Like these are people yeah. that would know what's going on it wasn't just like me a low-level copy editor at facebook like you won't (laughs) believe some of the stuff i overheard at the water cooler you know right and and i think that uh the only thing holding it back really from i mean i give it two but like a a a solid two instead of like a mediocre two is just the journalistic balance of it i think they could have used a little bit more of uh, a voice from the other side but really that was that was a good it was a good solid uh when we got done with it I, I had learned some things and I had uh, some fears, concerns, so or confirmed, I should say. So I, I would I would say it's a worthwhile watch. It's not a huge lift either. It's not very long. No. And then of course as soon as we get done watching it, what happens? Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies. So you just And how did we find that out? I looked at my phone. Right. So you go from hearing I'm worried that America is going to devolve into civil war. And then you hear that RBG has died. So it's like, oh, this is not what I needed to hear right after I watched this sort of apocalyptic right. documentary. I, I'm i very sorry to RBG's family and friends. Like, I don't mean to make her death about me, but... So maybe we should just carry on and carry us out of this one, Coco. Should we even say our, our handles or anything <laughs> like that? Or you, people know the difference? Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? So okay. if you want to... If you're on social media... You're not planning on getting off at any time soon, and you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is Coco and Dalts. Our 
interweb uh, URL is cocoandalts.com for reviews of things that we don't discuss on the podcast. And if you want to listen to us on your podcast platform of choice, we're on many. We're on Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review us. Please say good things about us. Yes. We're also on Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, IMDb, Ghana, if you're in India, and now on Amazon Music. So find us there. Speaking of, they didn't talk about Amazon at all. No, they didn't. Yeah. Which, which they should have. Yeah. I mean. Am- That's a whole other kettle of fish. Yeah. Because they did, they did talk about Google. So mm-hmm. you'd think, you know, Amazon is like right up there with. Well, and you can imagine what Amazon's doing with all your data. Like they have credit card information and they have all your purchases over the last five years that you've made and all the music that you've listened to on that service and anything that you've streamed on Amazon Prime. So maybe that's a whole other show. Or maybe they didn't want to do that on Netflix. Right. Uh, well, why not? It's a competitor. Go for it. Well, they didn't want to probably launch uh, anything across the bow because Prime might retract, you know, re- react with a, uh, a similar documentary. about netflix let's start this let's start this war why not yeah why not like streaming wars i'm i'm here for it all right let's do that so for another episode thank you very much for tuning in we appreciate it i'm not daltz and i'm not coco 